Here's a quick look into today's episode. How do I, how do I improve even 1%, just 1% better tomorrow? How can I be a little bit better with this ideal day? How can it get plus 1%, no days off? It's just a little bit better tomorrow than it, than it was today. Yeah, Michael Jordan used to say that I win the game in practice. Well, Trivius, there's a lot of things I wanted to cover today. You know, there's a lot of things I wanted to talk about. And so we, one, we'll talk fast. And two, we'll try to cover as much as we can kind of in a, in a short period of time. I wanted to focus this one on is the, the ideal day. What is the ideal day? What does it look like? What are your daily habits, your daily systems, your daily routines? What were some of those podcasts? What were some of those books? What were some of those practices that you did that we did over the years? that have kind of gotten us to this point. And it's not just the things that we do today, but it's some of the things that we had to do years ago that kind of got us to, to this point. This is part of the signature series. This is real quick, down and dirty. We're not going to get into all the details on every single book author and, and where's the link and such. Some of those things we'll put in the show notes. It's to get some ideas out there for folks what the ideal day could be. I think it starts off with why do you want to have a good day? Yeah. So, um, you know, you said ideal day makes me think of the night before the ideal day. <laughs> like, have I set myself up to have an ideal day, which implies rest? Right. You know, did I get adequate rest? And then the other part is what's motivating me to want to have an ideal day. Right. And this is the idea of, of living out my purpose, you know, to help people. Um, at the end of the day, if I can lay down knowing that I help somebody or I've better equip myself to help other people than to me that's an ideal day and that takes many forms we're going to talk about it but um but for me those are those are the, the questions that i think about when you say ideal day we both do a lot of reading we both do a lot of listening whether it comes podcasts articles uh, going and, and meeting with folks listening to what people have to say watching mimicking what people have to say what's what are some of the things that you've used over the years to kind of get you get you to that point like when you say fulfill my purpose what are some of your things that you use to kind of fulfill your purpose? Yeah. So a couple of things is a morning routine. That's the first thing that I use. And, and you helped me discover this back when I was working for you um, in Hawaii. But, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I always, you know, after having a cup of joe, <laughs> you know, I'll sit down and, and then I will allow my brain to flesh out the things that I've been working on while I sleep. So that usually takes the form of uh, a free writing. Right. So um, I'll either any given course of the week, I'll either free write, which means I, I let the pen hit the paper or my, my, my fingers hit the keyboard for 10 minutes without thought. I just dump everything. Um, so I'll either do that or I'll spend some time uh, reading. Um, and, and that could be a variety of things from from nonfiction to sort of self-help to fiction. Um, and so I'll spend time thinking in the morning and, and sort of just releasing my thoughts. And then part another part of my routine is exercise, right? So the very thing that I wrote about or that I read, I get a chance to dwell on in my workout, right? So I put on my favorite music or I'll just, you know, if I run, I'll just run in silence and think about the things that I just read or wrote about as a way to continue to flesh that out. And, and so if I can do that, if I can get up in the morning if I can think, spend some time in thought, if I can have some physical exertion um, and eat a healthy meal, then for me, that gets my day going. Without any one of those things, I struggle. 
bringing it back to like why you want to have a good day. You know, then it, it always starts the night before, you know, you, you can't get up first thing in the morning. If you stayed up all night, you can't, you can't get up first thing in the morning and be firing, you know, your brain, mm -hmm. you know, brain going all that. If, if you either drank too much or you did something too much, you know, to excess, you know, the, the day before, uh, and yeah, we're all, we're all human. We make mistakes. We do certain things, you know, but if you know, you want to have a good day tomorrow, like these are the, th it starts with the night before and it starts yeah. with having the, the, the right mindset. And so some of the things for me that have kind of got me into that mindset was, was just reading. And I started reading so much more when I think I was a captain and became a major. And I started reading anything that had to do with a daily routine, books like anything that ha that Robin Sharma had, anything that Brendan Burchard had, anything that Tony Robbins started to put out, where they started mm -hmm. to talk about daily habits, 5 a.m. club, Jay Shetty's Think Like a Monk. These are the kind of things that allowed me to kind of shape my head. What do I think about? What, what, what do I think is important to me? What do I value? What, how do I want to be spending my time? Because before you go into your day and you wake up first thing in the morning, you got to have an idea like, this is how I plan on spending my day. I plan yeah. on spending my day doing the following things. How would you spend your day if you had 100% control of your day? Money wasn't an issue. Who you worked for wasn't an issue. Who you worked with, all these things. Mm. You can control every one of those variables. What would it look like? Yeah, I think the answer to that question is your purpose. Because yeah. for me, I think of teaching, coaching, and mentoring. Like if I had to worry about money or time, I, I had an ideal day, it would be teaching, coaching, and mentoring. And a very, dis well, not even a distant second would be learning. You mm -hmm. know, those four things, if, if I could do that every day, which I get the pleasure to do most days, um, that's it for me, you know? Yeah, see, that's that's a mindset thing, what you just said. Those are the things that most of the people here on this base get to do. They get to coach, they get mm -hmm. to teach, they get to mentor, they get a chance to learn, they get a chance to exercise. If those are the things they get to do every day, but what when you ask them, how are you going to spend your time tomorrow? If the first thing that comes out of their mouth is I'm going to be bombarded with meetings. Yeah. They forgot about the, the PT. They yeah. forgot about the chance to coach, teach and mentor. They forgot people are going to come to you with challenges and they're coming to you because they believe you can help them with it. That's right. And so it, it, it mindset thing becomes, you have a lot more control over how you spend your time than you think you do. A lot more. Mm -hmm. Very rare. Once you become, once you've been in the army more than a year or two, someone's not telling you every single day exactly what you got to do for PT and what you got to read. And like, okay, I get, we all got to be at meetings and stuff, but you can go in there with a different mindset, which is I choose to go to this meeting. I choose mm -hmm. to come to, to this. I choose to be focused. I choose to be engaged. I choose to be paying attention. I choose to have prepared and I choose to share these three things with anybody that's willing to listen at this, this upcoming meeting. Yeah. Well, the, the question that, that sort of centers around all of that for me is, you know, why do you do what you do? Right. Uh, you know, that, that question for me is my asthma check that keeps me motivated toward my purpose. Um, you know, and sometimes you got to create a blueprint for yourself. You know, the, the self journal is something that I use to, to do that. Um, I'll either do it the night before. That's a great way to, to start your ideal day the night before is to use something like a self journal where you write down and you think about the things you have to get done the next day. And what is the one thing? Great book, by the way. Yeah. You know, what is the one thing you need to get done that, that by doing that one thing, the other things 
just sort of happens. Um, and, and some people need that structure. You know, I need to structure my every hour as much as I can, you know, um, and then that kind of gives me gratitude, a, a gratification that I'm, I'm knocking things out. And I can see it happening in real time that I did what I said I was going to do. You know, when, when you talk about your morning routine, you know, my room, my, my morning routine, get up, get a cup of coffee. First couple things. The first thing I do daily stoic. I, I look through that. Mm. Second thing, Maxwell's daily reader. Look at, learn a little bit about leadership. That takes like two minutes, two minutes to kind of read through those things. Then I get a blank notepad. I get, I wrote everything that's kind of going through my mind. So my, I can get it, get it out of my head get it onto a piece of paper. like So that's like, these are the things that are bothering me. And then mm-hmm. one thing I've recently started doing, which is I write onto a blank piece of paper, if I could have anything done by the end of the day, what would, what would I have done? And it's just like, I would have this episode edited and published. I would send a note to this person. I would have, my taxes would be done. And I, I write, what, no matter what it is, I write it down. And then I circle the ones that make sense. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not going to have my taxes done by the end of the day. I'm probably not going to do anything to do with my taxes. But if I write taxes down seven days in a row, it'll be proof that it's bothering me, right? It's bothering me. (laughs) And so, but getting it on paper allows you to then prioritize, you know, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that today. But what I am going to do is I am going to edit this episode. I am going to publish it and I am going to chase it with some type of social media. Those notes complete. But there's also a lot of things that I've read that have allowed me to to say those are the things I do in the morning. The the four agreements. Anything again from from Brendan Burchard, who talks about you know the habits, uh, high performance habits and habits that people have. You practice these things each day. So if it didn't work, if that morning routine was kind of was kind of too fast, it was too rushed. I got to get up 15 minutes earlier. It took me a little bit longer. Or in my case, sometimes now I'm spending a little bit too much time. I'm spending an extra 15, sometimes I do an extra 15 minutes reading, an extra 15 minutes journaling, and an extra 15 minutes of preparing something for something that I have that day. That's 45 more minutes. And so if, mm-hmm. you, if you didn't get up earlier, you realize Oh shoot! What has to what has to drop off? Well, my meditation dropped off, or I have to cut fifteen minutes from 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 PT, or what whatever it might be, right? But you go in with some type of game plan and how you're going to spend that time, and then you make a modification going into the next day, and you try again, you try again tomorrow, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. You don't just you don't just fold the, the house of cards and say, okay, today sucked. You know, let tomorrow's going to suck too. Nope. Try again. We 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 going to try again um, tomorrow. And one of the things that before I go off for that day, and and you've seen it, and anybody that's ever been in my office has seen it, is I've got this YouTube, you know, running list of every one of my favorite, <laughs> whether it be a motivational video or advice or something that's out there that's always going in the back in the background mm-hmm. i've got it either playing on my phone i've got it playing in my headphones i got it playing on the tv i got it streaming somewhere it's those things that just subconsciously are always going into my head about how i'm going to spend my time for the rest of for the rest of the day which takes us to the next thing we do our morning routine no days off we're doing some type of exercise at this point, right? We're going to exercise yep. in some way, shape, or form. Not every day is going to be 100%. Not every day is going to be, you know, CrossFit, everything you got. Mm-hmm. Not every day is an ACFT. Not every day is a half marathon. But you're doing something mm-hmm. 
every day. Some days it's just a walk. You know, some days yep. you're just building capacity. It's not a question, am I going to do PT today? Am I going to exercise? The question might be, what will I do? I'll listen to my body mm -hmm. a little bit more today because we've been going for so long. I'm going to, maybe I'll go and link up with somebody and do that PT. Maybe I'll hope to see somebody on the track. Maybe I'm going to get out on the track and I'm going to listen to this podcast and I'm going to listen to the edits for this right before I drop it, right? Mm -hmm. Which leads to habit stacking. You know, you don't just go out on a run and just zone out. Sometimes you need to, but other times you go out and you listen to something. Other times we go yeah. out. I had a conversation. I did a six-mile run the other day, which takes me about 60 minutes, right? 10 minutes a mile. And I'm out there. I had a 60-minute conversation with somebody. It was phenomenal. What a great conversation. I was mm -hmm. totally focused. Uh, I just ran around the track for an hour while we had a conversation. That's habit yeah. stacking. Thoughts on uh, exercising? Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I have to exercise. I, I'm thinking about the phrase measure what matters until you get to the point where what matters is just routine. Right. So, you know, it's not a question of whether or not I'm going to do PT. It's just a part of who you are. And and I never neglect just the, the, the walk. Just take a walk in silence. Um, I, you know, I used to be to the, the mindset that, well, nobody's ever going to see me walking at all. I'm always running somewhere until I, I became a field grade. I was at CGSE and, and I went up, got up one Saturday morning. I just went for a walk two hours. I was like, this is great. Yeah, <laughs> this is pleasant. I get to observe nature. I can think about things. So the walk is is crucial for, for me. But to your point about habit stackings, which is a great concept from the book Atomic Habits, it's this idea of being deliberate about um, doing lumping something onto an already established habit. So I like to run, for example. So if I want to habit stack, then maybe I'll put on, say, uh, I was just listening to 48 Laws of Power, Robert Greene. I'll put that on in my run. And then I can listen to a law and I don't even think about the mile. I don't think about the mileage. I don't think about the effort. I'm just taking into and taking in the knowledge. And since somewhere in that run, because I'm habit stacking, some idea is going to mesh with another idea in my subconscious. And then maybe I could just stop and take a note. Right. Because now I'm learning. Right. So so I like the idea of habit stacking, but being deliberate about about that you know here's one i just did this week that's helping me with nutrition instead of getting up in the morning and just immediately going to the coffee pot i drink a 30 gram protein shake that's that's one habit i'm changing this week i already feel a difference because instead of the coffee just being the first thing on my on my gut now right protein is the first thing down so i got some substance so when i go to exercise i've already had the caffeine but it's, it's on top of the protein so i already got fuel Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm satiated. Yeah. So I'm I'm not as hungry anymore. Right. I'll come back and want to want to, uh, you know, eat everything in the, in the fridge because protein is a satiating uh, nutrient. So I'm getting less calories, which means I can lose a little bit of weight. So that one habit by, you know, drinking a protein shake when I wake up first thing helps with other things, you know. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I hear you on the habit stacking. Yeah. And I like the way you mixed that up. It's that you, you don't get into a routine so much so that you've gone 60 days and you've done it exactly the same way 60 days in a row. Because mm -hmm, sometimes mm -hmm. you do five days in a row where all you drink is nothing but water for the first hour. And then now yep. you can flush the system out. The, the next big thing right there is a morning stand up. Not always do you go into the office and have morning stand-up with all your folks. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you do it with yourself, but there's some kind of 
All right, this is what gets us launched off into the day. Sometimes it's before PT, you know, when, when you're in an organization, when you're in a unit with people, but other times you do the PT and then you come back and you say, okay, how are we going to spend the rest of the day? How is, how mm-hmm. is this day going to be? And, and now you're, you're morning standup. And, and sometimes I do the morning standup straight out of my self journal. It's right on the first page of, this, of yeah. the self journal. These are things I'm grateful for. This is the one thing I got to get done today. What, a, what, a, how I'm going to spend my time, uh, a quick minute or two of what's the rest of the week look like, quick review of what this week looks like, and maybe in the next couple of weeks. Then you got what big decisions are, you, are still weighing on the back of your mind. What information do I need to go out and get today uh, in order to make that big decision? And then get it off my chest. Sometimes getting off your chest is just writing it on the bottom of your page. Sometimes it's calling somebody and saying, hey, yeah, that's you right. got five minutes, you got 10 minutes to talk, I got to get something off my chest. And, mm-hmm. and, but getting it out, it becomes therapeutic, whether, whether you get it out through writing, you get it out on a run, you get it out through a conversation with somebody, go find somebody, spend a few minutes and, and just get it off your chest. And, mm-hmm. and then off we go, um, with that day. No, I, I like that. I, I like that. I, um, hearing you talk makes me think about meditation, the power of meditation. Um, because I, I started that practice a, a while ago using the Headspace app, which really helps me out. Um, But, you know, any type of exercise can be a form of meditation so that when you go into the morning stand up, you've already reflected on and thought about what comes next and the significance of that through whatever meditative practice that you engage in. You know, for me, it's running or, you know, I sit in a sauna um, and and just kind of think for five minutes, put on the Headspace app and go through that that journey. And then I'm clearer when I go to my personal morning stand up or, you know, when I used to go to them with you, um, I'm clear about what I want to communicate and what I want to get done. Um, Cause that's another aspect of the morning state uh, stand up is, 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 is knowing you got to come to the stand up knowing mm-hmm. what you're going to talk about, what you're going to say, what you're going to do, you know? Yeah. And all it takes when you surround yourself with great people, you sound your, surround yourself with those five, you know, great, great people, wherever it is that you are, uh, whether it's get them all on a FaceTime, get them all on a phone call, get them all on a mm-hmm. Teams meeting, go meet them face to face, you will feel the pressure to show up prepared. Because it'll be yeah. w- when those other four people show up and they know what their agenda looks like for today, they know what they got to get done. And you're the person that just comes with a blank sheet of paper. After a couple days, you know, that professional anxiety will start to kick in. No one's going to have to tell you to show up prepared. You're going to know, you're going to feel it. You're going to be like, oh, Mm-hmm. I, I need to step it up a little bit. And if you ever feel like you're, it was, that was too easy. I don't need to step up. I can show up to these things unprepared. You're probably in the wrong room and you probably need to find five more people that, that you can surround yourself with, yeah. you know, and an example would be for that is maybe you are the battalion commander and maybe the, the you do have two brand new field grades and a brand new command sergeant major and your operations sergeant major is a master sergeant sergeant first class who's stepping up right and maybe you do understand this stuff a little little bit more you have way more experience than everybody that's in the room so you mm-hmm. do that stand up and you do it and you coach and teach as you move move through that stand up but then you got to find hey i need to go find rick turner and Eric Alexander, and Neil Mayo, and we need to get those five folks together, and Lou Kangas. I need to get the five other battalion commanders together and go find Brian Shoemaker, right? Pat Biggs. Yeah. And, and yeah. I need to get these folks together, and I say, hey, that's we need to do a quick stand-up. 
the six of us and talk about what the week looks like. And we did those things, right? So now mm-hmm. it's just, a, you just changed the audience a little bit. Same technique, right? Hey, what do, what do you got going on this week? What is the biggest thing that you got going on, Rick? Hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Hey, maybe you should try something. Maybe you should try that a little bit differently, you know? Yeah. And we bounce things off. So now you just change the room, change the group at which you do it with. And now you bet you better show up prepared for something like that, or you're going to be the one that gets uh, marginalized. Yeah, well, you know, here's a hard reality is that you're never going to be the subject matter expert on the people in the room with you. So, you know, you might know what, what you have to do and have experience, but you got to you got to communicate that with a, a group of people who have diverse perspectives. And until you become a subject matter on those folks, you still got work to do. And that is that is never ending. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that is never ending. So that 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 gives you something, a challenge to continue to work for, you know. Yeah, that's a good segue into a habit, a routine, which is how do you communicate with different audiences and and different people? And some of the, you know, I'll just kind of go into some of the books, some of the um, podcasts that have helped me the most over the years is starts with Joe McCormick. Joe McCormick wrote two books, Brief, How to Make a Bigger Impact by Saying Less, and Noise, How to Communicate in a World Where Everybody Mm -hmm. is Distracted. He's got a podcast called Just Saying, and they're anywhere from 10 to 12 minutes, and he comes out with about twice a week right now. But he's got hundreds of them. You can go back and learn how to, you know, how to, how to make a bigger impact at a meeting, how to make a bigger impact with writing uh, and such. And I've actually had a chance to work directly with Joe and, and his team and um, mm. you know, face-to-face and work with them at SOCOM and such. And the Take Command podcast, which is run by the Dale Carnegie folks, and Dale Carnegie wrote, you know, how to, how to win friends and influence people. One of my favorites, stop talking and start communicating. You know, you got eight seconds, like war, anything from Kim Scott, when it comes to fierce conversations, fierce Mm -hmm. leadership, those are kind of the ones that, that helped me with communication, which you're always trying to work towards getting a little bit clearer, a little bit more concise, get your get your message across, whether that's through a text yeah. message, an email, a phone call, face-to-face, in between PT, at the in the line at the chow hall, whatever it might be, communication, you're never wasting time by getting better at how you communicate your message. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what helps me is um, sometimes I just listen to speeches. You know, I'll I'll pull up Dr. Martin Luther King and I'll listen to him talk and I'll listen to his intonations and I'll I'll acknowledge the, the pauses and the moments that he sits in silence. And I'll think about the audience that he's talking to and how he communicates through stories because everybody loves stories. Right. So if you got an opportunity to create about three different stories, kind of getting out the things that are important to you, you just tell those stories all over again and people will remember them. Uh, one author I like to go back to is John Maxwell. I love John Maxwell. I read 360 degree leader when I was a second lieutenant and, and that thing, that book was the foundation for my leadership philosophy in terms of being a broad leader to lead your peers, your subordinates, yourself, and then your, your leaders to lead up. Um, and then since I read that book, I just, you know, 21 irrefutable laws of leadership, the 16 undeniable laws of communication, you know, his, his books are really, really good. Um, so between like YouTube speeches from, from, from Dr. King, and then John Maxwell, I kind of go back to those all the time. Yeah, anything from Maxwell. If you you can see over my shoulder, right over there, like anything <laughs> that his name is on, you know, and anything that has to do with leadership, you know, I've I've devoured and probably read um, more than once. Mm-hmm. That that takes us into our next bucket, which is 
about this time of day, you're starting to get about 9, 10, 10 o'clock. This is where you do your one thing. This is the most important thing that you've got to get done today, the thing that's going to require the most amount of brain power, that's going to require focus, it's going to require you to turn off your phone, it's going to require you to not cancel this thing, this meeting can't get shifted, this thing can't get moved, sometimes it's one-on-one, sometimes it's with 10 people, um, whatever it might be. This is the one thing that you got to get done. And, you know, it all starts with that book, The One Thing, what's what's the one thing that we got to do that's going to make everything else easier or unnecessary? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's the one thing that we can do today to get ourselves to make everything with today easier or unnecessary? It's doing what we're doing right now. It's focusing on how can this be an ideal day? How can I make my day better? So I don't get distracted when I go and do that, rec- record this podcast. This is my number one focus right now. Yeah. Even though I got a bunch of text messages, I can see them coming in from JMR from my folks on the from from my folks on the East Coast. Pullback gang. And so the the one thing, you know, there's a lot of things. Essentialism, that that one right there hits home. Mm-hmm. I listened to that book. I listened to the podcast from that book. Uh, I read it multiple times where it you focus on what really matters yeah. in your life. And so we're back to what's fulfillment, what really matters in your life, what's winning. Winning is understanding what's important now. What is your organization? What is your family? What do you need personally? That one thing that you've got to absolutely get done um, right now. The first 90 days. The first 90 days is one of those books that I read every Mm -hmm. 12 months. I read it eight to 12, every eight to 12 months, because you're getting ready to go into a new quarter, a new year, a new something, a new job, something. And you need to review those first 90 days. And I won't, I won't spoil everything that's in the first 90 days, but that's one I've probably read about 12 times um, or reread and and gone through my notes. Your thoughts, Trivius, on how to kind of get that one thing, that, that focus for the day, that, that most important thing for the day. Yeah, I think you got to have a strategy to get that. You know, the, the one thing, the book, The One Thing is a great way. Um, it lays out how to go through the thought process of figuring out what that one thing is, because there's a triage that happens there. Um, so I love that book. But then uh, Stephen Pressfield wrote a book called Do the Work. Right. At a certain point, you have to you have to actually execute. You got to sit down and actually do the thing that you're going to do. And when I think about my one thing, every time it always has the same thing in common, which is to try to figure out how to communicate that which is in my heart and my head to people who don't understand what's in my heart and my head. Right. That that always uh, defines my one thing. That this one characteristic that that, that I think uh, revolves around my one thing all the time is trying to communicate um, and and practice leadership with people who don't who have not seen my perspective, who is not in my head, who who does not understand the, the language that I think through. Um, and when I can do that, it causes me to put myself into the shoes of other people. And it makes me doing the one thing a little bit easier. Um, but but first, I would say you got to figure out how you're going to get to that one thing. You got to think through that. Um, and then second, you got to figure out how to best do that, considering that you have to do it with other people around you. It might mm-hmm. be something you can do in solitary. You think one thing might be something that you just do for yourself. But more often than not, it's going to involve other people in some way, shape or form. So you got to figure out who those folks are and, and how you communicate to them. 
Yeah. And that kind of springs us into one of my favorite categories, which is execution and your ability to do the things that you said you were going to do. It's one thing to mm-hmm. be able to to know, to write these things down and to say, I, I know it needs to happen. It's a totally another thing to be able to do it. Right? Yeah. You know, and, and we could use the, the old adage of, you know what it takes to get in shape. You have to eat right mm-hmm. and you have to exercise. You have to take in less calories than what you burn. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's you have right. to burn more calories than you take in. That's simple. Doing it is re- is a lot harder. So execution. There's no book that I have gone back to more times than The Four Disciplines of Execution with Sean Covey and Chris McChesney. Mm-hmm. And you can just go mm-hmm. to the YouTube version. You can just go to YouTube version. It's like a motivational speech. Listening to them talk about the four disciplines of execution. And this is how do you get important things and really important things done in a world where 90% of the things that you're being asked to do on a daily basis really aren't that important, but that's what keeps the lights on and you have to do it. And those are the things that are arguably going to get you fired are the things, those 90% things Mm -hmm. that really don't move the organization very far, but those are the things that are going to get you fired. Doing the big project, eh. But that's the one that is going to have the most lasting, important thing. So the four disciplines of execution, checklist manifesto, high velocity edge, think and grow rich. Like these are all classics that like if you read, you know, Napoleon Hill's think and grow rich, you think that's all about money. It's not about money. When you read that book and you look at it, it's about how to be successful in life, how to get what you want Mm. in life. And it's just about having a good attitude, working your butt off, learning things, surrounding yourself with phenomenal people that are going to help you, right? Because we've all, we know the great adage, the more people you help, the more help's going to come back and they're going to, they're going to end up helping you. So the one thing is that's the thing that you got to get done. Uh, before lunchtime. I say before lunchtime because once you go into lunchtime, we all know you're going to have to regroup. You're starting to get a little bit tired. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the exercise is starting to kick in, whether it's the adrenaline starting to wear off, whether it's the coffee starting to wear off. This is the time of day where not just you, but everybody you're around starts to kind of lose a little bit of steam. We, we start to shift into what's, what's called creative time because now people have done the, the work. They've done the input, all the numbers into Excel, all those things. It's time to get a little bit creative. This is the time where people will mm-hmm. like, usually want to stand up. They usually, they, they just got done eating lunch. They had a bit, they, they're like, I want to stand up. I want to go to a whiteboard. I want to write some notes down. I want to go see somebody. I want to go to the motor pool. I want to go see some folks so I can be on my feet and I can be moving around to keep the blood flowing. What are some of the first things that come to your mind when you think creative time in the afternoon? Yeah, Michael Jordan used to say that I win the game in practice, (laughs) which is genius because that suggests that you have a space to work things out. You have a space to be creative, uh, to put in the hard work. And the practice is the easy part, right? Um, So I'm thinking about, you know, um, the, the adage, the old saying, know thyself. You got to know what spaces you have to put yourself in to achieve the one thing because you know your tendencies. You know, if I have to write two pages a day, which is what my goal is for my dissertation, that's that's usually my one thing every day is to write my two pages. I know I need a space of quiet. 
I need a space where I have my resources with me, which is usually my home office, and I need not to be distracted. So the mornings is good for me because everybody's sleeping to include the dog. So I know myself. Right. So so now when I get the two pages done, because that's my one thing that that's done before 10 a.m. So guess what? I have the rest of the evening to be creative because I've just done the thing that I needed to do that day. And, 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 you know, we talked about preparing for the ideal day the night before. Well, guess what? After 10 o'clock, I can go run and I can let my mind be free to prepare for the next two pages the next day. Because all of that is working. Right. So I, I, I go back to that that Jordan quote, you know, I win the games in practice. You know, I, I write the pages when I sleep. <laughs> I write the pages when I run. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I type, when I do write the pages, literally, uh, it's already written. I, you know, it's just a yeah. matter of me putting the, the fingers on the keys. Yeah. Yeah. I want I want to kind of go off of the you win the game in practice. Right. And so. When you walk out of the door, whether you walk out of your office, you walk out and you go, you go to see folks and you get, or you go, you stand up, you grab a dry erase marker and you walk to the whiteboard. Now becomes, what do you say? What do you, what do you talk about? What do you do? What do you write on the whiteboard? Well, what are some of the things that, that sparked those things in my mind was I've obviously been passionate about anything to do with leadership for years now. And so you're, you, I'm constantly reading, whether it's first thing in the morning or throughout the day, whether it's I got five minutes here, but it's the things that have sparked how I spend my time in the afternoon have to do with leadership. And those fundamental leadership books have been Wooden on Leadership, Principle-Based Leadership, Great by Choice. I chose Great by Choice. Yes, Good to Great is is awesome with Jim Collins. It, it kind of takes all of it and puts it into one. Trust and Inspire and Obviously, the speed of trust, but the new one is trust mm-hmm. and inspire, and it's how to create a culture, how to get people to believe in you as a leader. The gold standard by Mike Shashevsky. You know, we we would be remiss if you didn't put something in there from that type of leadership um, and anything to do with Coach K. But of all of them, I, I chose I choose the the gold standard. Those mm-hmm. are just some of the books. But then when I'm not behind a book and I'm out walking, driving around, or if I got a 20 minute drive to where I got to go, I'm listening to somebody talk. I'm listening to something that I can learn, whether it's Mentors for Mill, Tony Robbins, From the Green Notebook with Joe Byerly, Being the, an Intentional Leader is another podcast I recently got, got turned on to. If I'm listening to a story from Legends of the 75th or Leading with Vulnerability or from Softcast. Mm-hmm. These are like, if I want to listen to somebody that's done the things that I've done, that has been through some of the things that I've never been through, uh, and I want to hear what their story is, I listen to it. And so between reading or listening, I'm, I'm trying to find ways to, to spark what's called creativity. And when they say, how, how do you get creative? The two greatest books, I think, right now, if you, want to, if you want to learn something new, read an old book, right? And those books are Creativity, Inc., and Creativity by John Cleese. Mm. And they both talk about similar things that John Wooden and Coach K would say is, is Steph Curry can be creative out on the court because he's practiced the most simple things like dribbling and passing yeah. and shooting. That's what allow him to be creative. And that then when you understand leadership and you understand your craft and you understand 
what it is is important in your life so much. You've read so much and you've listened to so much and you've talked to so much. That's when the between the legs, the around the back, that's when the backwards shots start to come out. That's when the creativity, because you can instantly, Steph Curry can instantly see what's getting ready to happen. Michael Jordan could instantly see what was about to happen Mm -hmm. on the court before everybody else realized it because he had spent so many hours in practice working through these things and trying different things and ways to spin the ball and ways to ways to pass the ball. Yeah. I used to, I used to take drives when I was uh geo batching in Leavenworth and um, um, yeah, I would immerse my mind into, into looking at the terrain, for example. So this might sound a little while, but I would always try to predict what IV line the police would sit behind to stop me from speeding, right? So I will have to look at the rolling terrain and say, okay, is that place conducive for ambush? Where is the IV line? I will immerse myself in it so much that um, the creative instincts and juices would just try, it will flow innately because I will put myself in it. Or when I'm in a scenario, uh, you know, OP13 at Old Fort Liberty doing FSCX or some type of tactical exercise, the, the creativity in me is to immerse myself in the scenario as if it is real. Like there, there's a switch that happens when I'm on an operation. And for me, it is, it is game time. It is as if we're overseas but you have to put yourself in a mindset for that to happen because when that happens then you get us you can replicate a sense of urgency and you can replicate the share of hardship but you have to put yourself in it this happens with video games and people do this is augmented reality for us but there's a way for you to do it yourself and it's just again understanding yourself and, and being able in practice to exercise creativity taking risks being okay to fail Right. Um, all of this kind of goes into that. So those, yeah, those are my thoughts. As the day kind of starts to come to it, we start to run out of gas. We start to reach, reach tracer burnout. We start to culminate as the day goes on. Diminishing returns start to come. That, that's yeah. when we start to go through our process of, of shutting it down and then into the evening routine. And for me, shutting it down becomes quickly review my, my daily goals, my targets, my tasks. I open up the self journal. I look at my calendar. What did I say I was going to do today? And did I get those things done? Where did I miss the mark? What do I need to get re- immediately reattack tomorrow? What do I need mm-hmm. to reattack next week or next time I do? Make, make a few notes on, on those things. Quickly triage through my email so I don't have to look at it again for the rest of the day and start to prep what's tomorrow going to look like. That yeah. only takes about 10 to 15 minutes to do those things. It's time to you know, give my, some, my family some time. It's time mm-hmm. to go to practice. Mm-hmm. Or it's time to go do do something different because you have to take a little bit of a break from these things in order to yeah. be in order to be like like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. They didn't practice twenty four hours a day, but when they did practice for those ninety minutes, it was game time. They were so dialed in when they were out there and they were practicing. So those mm-hmm. you can walk away confident at the end of the day, whether it be 1630, 1700, a decent time, you can confidently step away because you know those 90-minute segments that you did two or three 90-minute segments throughout the day, and you gave it everything you got, and you made progress because you were focused. And so now you can confidently say, I'm going to spend the next couple hours with my family. I'm not going to check my email. I'm not going to look at things for two hours because I'm so dang confident that I did what I needed to do today. I haven't left anything out there. What's your kind of shut it down before you head home 
Yeah, I, I try to write down the things that um, keep coming up in my in my brain so that I can let it go. Um, because if I don't do that, then I, I'm really not with my family. I'm with the, the idea that's in my head. So for me, I physically have to get it out. So that means writing it down or I go to the podcast and I just I talk it out and then, then, then I let it go. Um, and then I try to I try to focus my attention uh, on, on my family. Um, I, I, you know, I'm reminded of uh, something I heard about Kobe Bryant. Um, they say Kobe Bryant sees angles in the world. That's how he views the world through angles. And if you ever heard Kobe Bryant talk about basketball, he's talking about angles. You know, what angle can I make this pass to cut down the time and be more efficient? What angle can I hitch this 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 uh, screen so that I can get to to, to the offense you know, the offense guy, right? He's doing that when he's not even on the court. So this idea that you saturate yourself in, in leadership um, is not as you can't really cut that off because even when you're with your family, there's still a portion of your brain is thinking about it. So you have to find a way for me to, to let it go um, and trust and trust that when you let it go, it's still working in the back of your brain. So you wake up the next day, you pick up where you left off with a richer understanding of what that was that you were thinking about. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and that's, I think that's tested in neuroscience. Um, you know, that's the, 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 the book escapes me right now. It's on my nightstand right now, but it talks about how these, these ideas works in the synapses of your brain in your subconscious. And so when you let it go, you're still you're still working. Right. But you're able to physically show up for other folks um, and have that working in the background by making a conscious decision to rest. So so this this one has to do with, you know, the phrase that everybody's been talking about for 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 a few years now, which is work life balance. And it's how do you balance, you know, the things that you do professionally from the things that you do with, with, with your family? Right. And those yeah. are usually what the two things that people pit. They put work on the left and they put family on, on the right. But I, but I, what I want to look at that is a uh, Rick Turner and a lot of folks are starting to say it's, it's not necessarily work life balance. It's work life harmony. Right. And it's your, mm-hmm. it's your ability to kind of manage the two in, in the moments. Right. And the picture I want you guys to, ha- I want you to have in your head is, and I'm stealing this from Mike Lorario, who wrote two great books, Management and Balance, and now Leadership and Balance. And he's working on a third one, which is going to talk to when do you, when do you manage and when do you lead? But I love his, mm-hmm. and he, he always says, be the fulcrum. And the fulcrum is you. It's that, it's that thing in between the balance. It's that thing in the middle, right? And so, so you're not always going to get to spend an equal amount of time with your family as you did at work. But when you move the fulcrum, you can be a little bit more focused with your family and make those hours count a lot more. You spent mm-hmm. more hours, but you really didn't get anything done at work. You spent eight hours there, but what, did you, what do you have to show for it? And what are you going to yeah. remember 20 years from now? But if you go to your kid's practice for two hours or one and a half hours and you're dialed in and you talk to them on the way home and then you eat dinner because families that eat together and pray together stay together, these and you, and you make time regardless of whether it's at six o'clock or it's at 830, depending on how old your kids mm-hmm. are. But when you harmonize those things, 
That's what you're going to remember 20 years from now. You're going to remember the things that you were focused on, and you're going to remember the things that that had harmony, and the times where your family and your life had harmony, and you're going to remember the times where you didn't, and sometimes you don't. And then mm-hmm. you're going to lean, mm-hmm. lean, lean on folks, and you're going to say, hey, I need a little bit of help getting back on track, whether that's from your spouse or from a friend or from a colleague, and you say, I need, I need a little, little help getting back on track right now because I can feel the friction. And you can feel the friction. We all know what it feels like. You're either feeling it at work where you're not, get, you're not giving 100%. You're not 100% dialed in because your brain is focused somewhere else at home. Yeah. And, li- and vice versa, when you're at home and you're with your family, but you're thinking about work or you're thinking about something else. The, the thing I can say to keep you harmonized is to be 100% dialed in on whatever it is you're doing in that moment at work so you're not distracted by home. And then when you're home, you're 100% focused on what it is you're doing with your family or your kids or your spouse so that you can start this whole process all over again um, as, as we go into the morning. I've been doing a lot of thinking on balance and harmony, and uh, I've come to a couple, I think, realizations for me is number one is uh, I'm a harmony person. I think that harmony is the way to go because you it's impossible to have an equitable amount of time with everybody all the time. Right. But harm, you can harmonize. But in harmony, um, and this is a challenge, you, you have to consider how the other person feels. Do they feel prioritized or or whatever you're lending your attention to, you know, do they feel seen? So my wife would always tell me, Hey, you know, you don't have to be home all the time, but if you're here for five minutes, be in the room for five minutes. Right. And that has everything to do with her feeling like I am there. So I can, in my mind, I I feel like I have harmony, but she may not feel that Mm -hmm. at all. And I'm missing the mark. Uh, A great metaphor for this uh, is when you consider inner, inner, twining gears on a clock right and those gear remember we talked about the gears you have to mind your gears that's what i call it minding your gears right when these gears overlap and they come together like fingers interlapping right you have to make sure that when those moments happen that you are connected and and you are you are connected and present and the other person feels that that interlocking because as time goes on, you're going to come out of that connection, right? Those gears are going to continue to turn. And then you have opportunity to look out and then you can be creative and you can focus on you and do the things you need to do. But when those gears come back around and they interlock, you got to be there. And so uh, part of harmony is, is thinking about the other people that you are there with and the fact that they feel like you're present. And that's the challenge. You know, one of my last kind of shouts for for is in terms of like books and and podcasts and such. But I also do a lot of reading uh, on a little bit lot lot softer topics that 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 kind of help you with the family balance, with the family routine, uh, and such. And anything to do with Malcolm Gladwell, the mm-hmm. the Tipping Point and Blink and Outliers, that allows you to understand how families and and how those dynamics work. Champion mindsets. Anything to do with the sports that my kids are playing or my, my kids have ever been a part of. With, with Hunter being a golfer, I read anything that had to do with golf. Golf is not a game of perfect putting out of your mind. Uh, mm-hmm. The inner game of tennis, uh, which was what Tom Brady recommended, which is a game that takes you from when you play an individual sport, which allows you to kind of focus on your opponent and what their weaknesses are. He said the inner game of tennis changed the way he looked approached being a quarterback inner game of tennis changes the way you look at 
the way you play golf. And when you learn these things, you can then help ab- apply to, to your kids, to, to your own game, to your own life. Um, so I, I used those kind of sports. Now I'm reading about volleyball, competitive volleyball, any type of competitive sports, um, and how those champions think. Those are the kind of ways I end my day, which is how mm-hmm. people think. One of the last things I do with my day as I get ready to pa- to officially power it all down is I, I kind of grab, I grab a blank notebook and I just, one more time, I say, what is bothering me? What's on my mind? What challenges am I struggling with right now? What problem do I have tomorrow that I have to solve? I write a few things down because the studies have proven that your brain is going to subconsciously go over the challenges and the things that you do 15 to 20 minutes right before you go to bed. And that's why you wake up in the morning and you got the answer because your brain Mm -hmm. has gone through it while you were sleeping. So I write down those things that I got to do tomorrow, the things that are on my mind, and I wake up in the morning and I start this process all over again, which is I get up. I, I dump all the stuff that's that's in my brain that's ready to come up. I'm ready to get up early because I'm trying to go to bed at a decent time, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm and I'm thinking how do I how do I improve even one percent, just one percent better tomorrow? How can I be a little mm-hmm. bit better with this ideal day? How can it get plus one percent? No days off. It's just a little bit better tomorrow than it was today. You get up early. You work your butt off. You be positive, you learn something new, you try again, you surround yourself with phenomenal people, and then you try again tomorrow. You try again tomorrow. No matter how much you messed mm-hmm. it up today, you get, you're going to wake up again tomorrow morning. Thank God we wake up every morning, and then you get a chance to try it again. Thanks for listening today. I hope we sparked some thoughts about the people that have inspired you to be who you are today. I hope you share some of your thoughts and better yet, demonstrate them for the people in your life. Our pursuit is to get a little bit better every day. Progress equals small victories stacked on top of each other, building like compound interest. Keep stacking these positive habits, habits like getting up early, working your butt off, learning something new, being positive, and surrounding yourself with phenomenal people. Please share your comments at the links in the show notes and DM us at Teach Me to Fish podcast on Instagram or Facebook. Looking forward to our next conversation. Sky of your mind.